This episode is brought to you by the 35th Annual Meeting of the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, working together for the global advancement of safe and healthy pregnancies. To find out more and register online, go to www.smfm.org. You're listening to the American Journal of Perinatology podcast. Hosted by Dr. Bill Goodnight and Dr. Chris Robinson, each month we take an in-depth look at a paper published in the American Journal of Perinatology. Today we are joined by Dr. Robert Resnick and Dr. Thomas Moore from the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine to discuss the upcoming Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine 2015 annual pregnancy meeting. This will be the 35th annual meeting of the society. Dr. Resnick serves as the local arrangements chair for the meeting. Both Dr. Resnick and Dr. Moore have been longtime residents of San Diego and will share their perspective on San Diego as a city and backdrop for the annual meeting. Dr. Resnick is a professor emeritus of the Department of Reproductive Medicine and former chair of the Department of Reproductive Medicine at the University of California, San Diego. We know Dr. Resnick for his sentinel contribution to the practice of maternal fetal medicine through editorship and authorship of the Creasy and Resnick Maternal Fetal Medicine textbook. Dr. Moore is professor and dean of clinical affairs for the University of California, San Diego. His research career established a better understanding of amniotic fluid physiology, and he also contributes as an editor and author to Creasy and Resnick's maternal fetal medicine text. I want to thank you all for joining us today as we Here's some important insight from two local maternal fetal medicine specialists in the San Diego area. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, we're very excited to have both of you with us today, and I wanted to start with Dr. Resnick. I was wondering if you would share the aspects of your job in preparing for the annual meeting as the local arrangements chair this year. Well, we worked with um, Pat Starr and actually one of our fellows, Rachel Overcash, who's very active with SMFM, uh, worked with me. But we helped to prepare a handout, which I think will be coming to everybody by email along with the program very shortly. And that lists the major attractions of San Diego as well as the restaurants that we recommend it. I've been here since 1974, and I know the restaurants, <laughs> unfortunately, too well, and can make some recommendations about that. Well, that is great, because we're going to discuss that a little more in this discussion this morning. And I know that as a program, when we schedule these sorts of things, we oftentimes like to schedule sometimes a month to a couple of months in advance in order to obtain those best reservations. So we'll be very interested in hearing your take on that. I want to turn to Dr. Moore for just a moment and ask you, what kind of effect does it have upon your department given this huge responsibility of the annual meeting coming to San Diego and obviously your department being so close by and being so key and helping make this come together in a successful manner? I think there are a couple of interesting impacts. One is the fact that people like to come to San Diego for a meeting, and so we usually have a great turnout. And from the departmental point of view, every single year we have a reunion of all the former maternal fetal fellows that we've trained over the years. But the attendance and vigor of that reunion is much enhanced when it comes to home base. So we're looking forward to meeting everybody who comes to the society and being of help, but selfishly for the department, it's always a great event when it occurs in our home city. 
that's great insight. I believe that we always see a lot of departments bringing their fellows. Certainly, I think the week of the meeting between the 2nd and 7th of February, it becomes very difficult to find a maternal fetal medicine specialist in the United States that's not located at the site of the meeting. So it certainly does create a very unique opportunity to have reunions take place. So when we talk about the logistics of the city, what types of advice would you give as far as the travel to and from the airport and also traveling around the city? What are the best ways to handle that? First of all, I think most people who've been to San Diego know that the airport is right in downtown San Diego. The hotel is right on San Diego Bay, a beautiful backdrop to the Hilton Bayfront Hotel, and it's no more than a 10-minute cab drive from the airport to the front door of a hotel. Very convenient. And the hotel itself is very conveniently located to just about everything in downtown San Diego. All the major attractions are within either a walk or a very short cab ride, and the restaurants as well. Now, for those who want to take an extra trip up to La Jolla, it's about a 20-minute cab ride from there. But most everything is really quite well contained uh, near the convention site. That's great. It sounds like a very tightly knit community around our convention this year. So it sounds like travel will certainly be expedited, given that easy access to the airport and around the San Diego area. Now, I'd be interested in hearing from both of you. What local restaurants would you recommend, and what type of guidance would you give as far as making those reservations, time frames, that sort of thing? Well, in the handout that everyone will get, we basically divided up the restaurants that were recommended into those, most of which are really within walking distance. But I think it's important for everyone to know that as they walk outside the Hilton, right across the bridge brings them right into what's known as the Gaslamp District, which is the heart of San Diego for tourists, for shopping, and so forth. And there are a number of good restaurants there, a couple of good seafood restaurants, the Ocean Air Seafood Room, Blue Point is very good. Then there are the usual national steakhouses, and there's a place called Seersucker, which is very, very popular with the younger crowd, and when I say younger crowd, that perhaps uh, applies to <laughs> at least 50% of the people uh, in the SMFM. It's a very short walk from the hotel right across the bridge, Seersucker, great restaurant, and quite a good social scene as well. Now also, just to the left, as people walk out the hotel, there's a new area known as the headquarters at Seaport District. You pass the convention center and then the double twin tower hotel, and right across from the Grand Hyatt is the headquarters at Seaport District. There's an excellent place called Eddie V's Prime Seafood and Beef, and a very good Mexican restaurant called Puesto. Also, a relatively short distance, 15 to 20 minute walk or a short cab ride is an area called Little Italy, which is probably the hottest area now in San Diego. A lot of people have moved into the area, dozens of excellent restaurants. I'd recommend two in particular. One is called Juniper and Ivy. And I mention that because that's one of the toughest reservations in San Diego right now. And we've listed the telephone number for it. I would recommend making a reservation several weeks ahead of time if you're interested in it. Another one is called Po Pazzo, and it's an excellent Italian steakhouse. I've got a few more, but I don't want to monopolize this if Dr. Moore wants to make a few comments. Certainly. Dr. Moore, what are your thoughts on this? 
Well, it's hard to add to that catalog. There's two areas adjacent to the ones Dr. Resnick talked about, now called the East Village, where the new baseball stadium went up just a very few years ago. And that's sort of become a hotbed for casual restaurants, nightlife, and so forth. And that's a short cab ride or definitely walkable over the bridge from the Hilton. The other thing to think of is that Coronado is a $4.25 ferry ride from either the convention center or from right near where the hotel is. Take you over to Coronado where there's a Il Fornaio, which is a very nice Italian restaurant. Paoli's, which is a first-class seafood restaurant, and Candela's, which is sort of a Baja Mexican restaurant. And the food is good. They're not overly crunched for reservations, but the views of the San Diego skyline from the island of Coronado are pretty special. Awesome. Now, some of our participants, as well as their spouses or significant others, may attend with the attendee, or they may arrive early or stay late. What sort of local attractions would you suggest for visitors to the city? Uh, for one, with or without children, of course, if the children are older, it's even better. I think the USS Midway Museum is one of the main attractions in San Diego. It's the USS Midway is an aircraft carrier from the Vietnam era that has been decommissioned, obviously, and is a fabulous self-guided tour. It's only a 15-minute walk past the convention center, and it's a marvelous attraction. The Seaport Village area is a shopping and restaurant area right by the bay. That's very convenient and only a few-minute walk from the hotel. Of course, the Gaslamp District walking all around there, Balboa Park and the San Diego Zoo, the famous San Diego Zoo are marvelous attractions. And I might add that the King Tut exhibit will be in Balboa Park at the <coughs> Natural History Museum during the time of the meeting. So there are a number of marvelous attractions, I would say. Uh, and if the young children are there, the New Children's Museum is also a relatively short walk from the hotel. That's great. Dr. Moore? That really covers it. The Embarcadero Park, which is right adjacent to the meeting hotel, has strolling grassy areas for kids to run around and so forth. It's absolutely safe and gorgeous throughout the day and into the evening. And as Dr. Resnick mentioned, the Maritime Museum adjacent to the great aircraft carrier. And keep walking down. You get to sailing ships that have been preserved. There's actually a Russian submarine and a U.S. submarine that can be toured. And so strolling along the bay, right along there where the cruise ships come in, just some wonderful sights, easy strolling, and easy access to food. That's awesome. So I want to close this by just discussing some interesting aspects from your perspective, because both of you have been defining leaders in maternal fetal medicine. You both are co-authors on Dr. Resnick's textbook of maternal fetal medicine. I'd be interested in hearing your favorite memory from previous society meeting and how it has really changed your perception of the society. I can still remember when the society was developed versus the Society of Perinatal Obstetricians. And the interesting background to that, but probably too long to go into right now, suffice it to say that when the organization first started as the SPO, the number of abstracts as well as the quality were not of the greatest quality, as well as number. And the organization over the last 25 years has developed into one of the international leading organizations in all of maternal fetal medicine with an absolute phenomenal rate of growth, again, in terms of quality and number of abstracts, as well as the organization's 
administrative policies and other contributions that the organization makes. Dr. Moore, what about your favorite memory from the society meetings of past? <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, I think that Dr. Resnick talked about the early days of society when the meetings were always held in San Antonio near the Riverwalk, and just listening to the great Dixieland jazz down there was a great memory for me. But I think that what Dr. Resnick mentioned about the change in the society and his contribution to medicine in general has to be emphasized. And I think one of the most exciting things that's happened over the past three to five years is not taking the eye off the scientific ball and the health impact to women and children, but to pay some attention to fellows and making sure fellows' education and transitions are well managed in junior faculty and what we can do for them. And, you know, a lot of the things going on in the meeting look after those constituencies, and I think that's been a really important development in the society's annual meeting. I think our society has certainly grown. I think the scientific aspects just over my short career have been very exciting to watch. I mean, we go to the meeting, we bring back really usable information, both from the standpoint of developing new research agendas as well as sharing that information with our obstetrical providers throughout the community. So I can't think of a more important opportunity than to attend the annual pregnancy meeting. I'm going to turn it back over to both of you just for a moment. Any final thoughts as we move toward February? Where do we go from here? What are your preparations? consist of? A couple of things. First of all, the restaurant business is, uh, we didn't mention two other areas which probably should be mentioned. One is the Bankers Hill area, which is relatively close to Balboa Park and only a 10-minute cab ride. There are some marvelous restaurants there. One is a very well-regarded Italian restaurant called Cucina Urbana. And then for those who uh, want elegant dining, Bertrand at Mr. A's is very nice with a beautiful, breathtaking view of the city. And then finally, some people may be spending some time in the late afternoon touring La Jolla. And we certainly have to mention that we, at the very least, George's at the Cove is, again, elegant and quite pricey. And then a personal favorite of mine, which is known as Manhattan of La Jolla. It's a great New York Italian-style steakhouse. And finally, what should also be mentioned is everyone should be quite excited about the dinner and honoring John Queenan on Thursday night. And I would hope that the attendance at that will be terrific. There are a lot of interesting things going on at that meeting, and there'll be a chance to honor a great contributor to our specialty and subspecialty. I agree with Dr. Resnick. Part of the great privilege of honoring Dr. Queenan is to recognize the Queenan Fellowships, which again focus on the younger sector in our society and their development and forming this foundation for their support. And I think it's going to be a great dinner for somebody who's really deserving, but it's also going to be focused on the future. I guess the last point I would make is, you know, we go to meetings in various cities and we find ourselves at some point each day typically in the gym on an elliptical or a, a treadmill or something. Bring your outdoor sunglasses and plan to run along this beautiful bay here. You don't need to be locked in a gym, in a hotel. Get out there and enjoy the beautiful weather and sights that we have in San Diego. Oh, I want to thank you both very much for taking time out of your day today. You've certainly intrigued me. I'm very excited about visiting San Diego again, and I'm certainly excited about the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine's 35th annual meeting coming up in February. And I would encourage everyone to 
go to the Society website to begin looking at hotel reservations, looking at registration for the meeting, as well as considering restaurant recommendations by both of our experts today, Dr. Resnick and Dr. Moore. Thank you very much for joining us today. Our pleasure. Thanks a lot. That was the American Journal of Perinatology podcast. Thank you for listening. To find out more and to read this month's highlighted paper, go to www.tima.com forward slash AJP or check out our Facebook page at facebook.com AMJ Perinatology. If you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes and join us next month when we will discuss another paper from the pages of the American Journal of Perinatology. This episode was brought to you by the 35th Annual Meeting of the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, working together for the global advancement of safe and healthy pregnancies. To find out more and register online, go to www.smfm.org.